Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like HBO Max, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, Netflix on occasion. Anyway, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, yeah. No, no. Today sucked. Today is Did just it? really blown. Yeah, today's blown goats for quarters. Um, I thought you got your new fucking thing, so you'd be excited. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. That's cool and all. And I'll talk about that in a second. But let me tell you the shitty thing that happened first. <clears throat> so three months ago, I found out that Breaking Benjamin, which is one of my more favorite bands, not my favorite band, of course, but I really, really dig them a lot. And Misty absolutely adores them. We're playing in Knoxville uh, this upcoming Tuesday. And I was telling a friend of mine about it that I entered a contest trying to win tickets. And she's like, I already have tickets for it. And I'm going to go see Pussifier that night in Asheville. You can have these two tickets to go see them in Knoxville. I was like, really? She's like, yeah. There were $200 floor seats. Third row. Ooh. Third row. <clears throat> I had to give them back today. Um, because our rent has increased by the amount that it has, uh, Misty can't afford to take any days off of work. God damn it. So, she couldn't take any time off of work. And she's like, see if you can get somebody else to go with you. I was like, okay. So, I asked my friend who gifted me the tickets if her sister would be interested in going. And her sister's like, yeah, I'll go. That sounds like fun. We'll have a blast. So, keep in mind, for three months, I've had a condo rented via Airbnb, paid for. Um, <clears throat> it was only 70 bucks for the night. Had a pool, indoor pool, you know, so total cost after Airbnb fees and cleaning fees and the rental fee, it was like 150 bucks. So that's all I'm out, you know, plus whatever food and gas is to Knoxville, which from here, it's a three hour drive. So, you know, probably a tank of gas each way. <clears throat> um, well, the other day my friend that was going to go with me she fell and fucked her knee up pretty bad and she's in a like a soft cast slash walking boot and on crutches and can't drive so i was like okay now i've got to find somebody else to go um jesus christ yeah yeah and i'm not upset with her it's accidents happen well it sucks yeah you know it'd be an asshole move to be upset at something like that <clears throat> so i asked another friend i was like hey you want to go and she's like yeah she's like let me just check with my girlfriend well that turned all to shit her girlfriend who i'm just going to go on record to say is an abusive cunt like physic <laughs> no physically abused her like just recently in the past few months 
and my friend took her back like everybody was like why are you taking her back but when she's good she's amazing i was like yeah and when she's bad you're bruised and battered you know stop making excuses for your abuser but she threw a fit started screaming you're not fucking going this and that if you go i'll fucking leave you yeah I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a whole condo. It's an overnight stay. It's a whole condo. It's like not like there's only one bed and we're forced to sleep in the same bed. And, oh, my God, even if we did, we're two grown adults that wouldn't be doing anything because I'm not throwing away an 18-year relationship. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm trustworthy. I'm not going to do anything. But, No. So I asked a few other people, too short a notice, they can't get off work. So I gave the tickets back this morning and got a refund on my Airbnb. So that's a real fucking bummer. Yeah. I was super excited about this show. I mean, I've been looking forward to it for three months. Yeah, I didn't even know you had planned on going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Section C, row three, seats eight and nine. They were mine for a time. Not anymore. Yeah. The condo was only like two blocks away from the arena. It would have been like really cheap to Uber back and forth. Yeah. And I was just like, because, you know, I can't drive myself. Um. But somebody drive down there and they cover the cost of the gas and their own food. And fuck, I f- figured that was a hell of a deal for somebody to go. Just, you know, it's hard to do that shit on a work day with, you know, one, two business days notice. Yeah. So... It sucks. Can't go. But I did get a Kickstarter uh, today delivered. It was the first ever Kickstarter that I backed uh, back in June of 2021. Uh, It's a tabletop game uh, that's designed to be played between one to five people. uh, And it takes anywhere from 90 minutes to 150 minutes on average. Uh, hour and a half to three hours, or hour and a half to two and a half hours. Uh, it's called The Witcher Old World, made by Go On Board Games, and I went in uh, on the all-in package, which which means I got everything. And this box shows up today during my therapy session, and uh, afterwards pull it in the house the box itself that it came in was like two and a half feet long a foot and a half tall and a foot deep and i was like holy shit it weighed 28 pounds shit pull it in and thankfully it was made up of smaller boxes packed inside and of course opening them up there's the main game itself and then there's five expansions packed 
in four boxes. Uh, there was a Mages expansion, a Skellige expansion, uh, the Legendary Hunt expansion, and then a Kickstarter ex exclusive expansion that has the Wild Hunt and Siri in it. Uh, each each expansion and the game itself comes with a buttload of miniatures. Uh, also came with an extra box of monsters for a monster expansion and a special mounted, uh, like riding a horse, Aridin, the leader of the Wild Hunt uh, miniature. Yeah. Uh, came with a felt carrying pouch, 25 gameplay dice, and a big, uh, big sack full of like metal coins uh, that replicate the money that they use on the continent in the books and the games and the show uh, to put in the pouch. And it came with a big, huge, high-quality, durable, beautiful playmat. So it came with a lot of stuff, and it only cost me 280 bucks. Uh, and that was... You know, it's been paid for for two fucking years. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, I was excited because Tuesday is when I got the shipping notice. I was like, "Honey, guess what?" She's like, "What?" I was like, "Remember that Witcher back uh, tabletop game I back?" She's like, "Yeah." It's like it's finally going to be. It's finally shipping. She's like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Does that mean your charge your card just got charged?" I was like, "Oh God, no! My card got charged two years ago." <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, but. Yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to, you know, learning the game and playing it and everything. Uh, it's got some beautiful fucking miniatures with it. Overall, all in all total, there's over 50 miniatures. I think there's like 53, 54, something like that. I haven't counted them all. Yeah. But there's five witchers, uh, one from each school. Uh, no Geralt, no Yennefer. Uh, because it's based in a time before them. You know, it's like a thousand years, set almost a thousand years uh, okay. before. Yeah. <clears throat> but it has the wild hunt. It has, you know, a lot of iconic characters from the books and the games. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And it did come with an exclusive... Uh, you remember the meme of Roach on a rooftop? Like, yeah. spawn spawn on rooftops and everything there's a miniature of roach on a rooftop That's awesome. which yeah it's so cool <clears throat> but yeah so that's the good outweigh you know counterbalance the shitty uh other than that my week's been i finished up jedi survivor platinum it uh, started playing uh, MLB The Show 23 because, you know, as you're aware, I'm a big baseball fan and those games are fun. And <clears throat> been uh, playing on it. And I started out on the dynamic difficulty setting, which starts you out as a rookie level. And then the more success you have, the more it amps up your difficulty. Basically, I went from playing on rookie mode to just a few hours later playing on Legend Plus. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's 
it's tough. It's basically simulates, you know, how it would be to play against another human player is the difficulty the way it's done. But, uh, yeah, I've been playing that. and uh, Well, you've always been like, you know. Hmm? I was going to say, you, uh, you confuse me sometimes because you'll play these games and you will fucking destroy them. You'll platinum on, and you have to play it on the hardest fucking difficulty half the time. And that shit's super fucking hard. And, and you're like, no, it's great. Yeah. I did it. No problem. And yeah, then I'll put you in fucking Overwatch, or I'll put you in Fall Guys, and you're like, eh, I'm trash. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm okay at Fall Guys. You know, when I'm up to, when I'm practiced, I'm okay. I can carry my own. You know, I can consistently do well enough to, you know, get to the final rounds most times. Don't usually win them, but that's what teams are for. <laughs> uh, but I've not played Fall Guys in months. Um, Overwatch, I was just trash at. And, you know, I didn't feel that it was fair for me to play with you and Andy, who have been playing the game for years and are good and know the ins and outs. I wasn't picking up the nuances and things that you can do fast enough to, I thought, be fair to play with you guys because you guys like to play competitively. And, I don't, uh, I mean, you think you underestimate it. I don't give a shit that much. Like, I know you don't, you know, and Andy says he doesn't, but yeah. you can hear the frustration in his voice. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to back off and not play this because there are other things that even though I was having a good time, I know he wasn't having the best time. And I, he, he he's weird when it comes to fall, when it comes to Overwatch because like I like when it's just him and I playing it together and we're the we're the support <clears> yeah. game because then we get to yell at our at our DPS. We get to yell at our tank. Yeah. Um I actually have a story for you when uh well yeah, I yeah. told you. But um yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I I, I just well, it's, it's not just, just like that I... game. Like, there's there's other games that we've played that I'm like, I just don't. I, I I find it so funny that you'll fucking platinum something like, uh, well, Jedi Survivor, which is arguably a fucking Dark Souls style game. It's exactly a Dark Souls style game. Yeah. You and... know how many times I fucking died in that game? Yeah, that shit right there. I'm like, I can't do that. I can. I like. I don't mind dying a few times, but if I die that much, I, I'm done. I can't do it, dude. Playing on fucking. Uh, wow, what's the difficulty setting? Grandmaster. Playing on that setting. Just yeah. a small squad of three stormtroopers can take you the fuck out if you're not careful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. That sounds like the uh and then new, the new game plus. Um they're even harder <laughs> because you get new perks unlocked, and one of them's called Warrior, which makes the enemies even more difficult. That can't be fun. Like, I think that's my big aspect to it, is like 
I see a lot of people and they'll sit there and say, oh, I won't play a game if I can't play it on the hardest difficulty and beat it on the highest difficulty. And I, and I think to myself, why do you put that kind of stress in your life? Because to me, I want to have fun. And having that kind of like anxiety and stress in a game is the fucking opposite of that. Well, see, it depends on the game for me. Uh, a lot of games I do play on story mode on my first playthrough. And then I'll crank up the difficulty. Uh, games like Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, Jedi uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, those games, I know there's usually a difficulty trophy. Uh, Witcher 3, you know, so I go ahead and play them on the hardest available difficulty from the get-go. Because I know if there's an even more difficult setting that unlocks upon completion of your first playthrough, it's a lot easier to step up one level than it is to step up four or five levels. Uh, <clears throat> so that's why I play those that way. But for me, it's still mad fun. And I... I get a real feeling of accomplishment when I do pull off, you know, oh, I've been fighting this boss for a damn hour, and I get just about there, just about there, two hits left, and I'm going to take him out, and then all of a sudden, boom. Uh, so the, the feeling of triumph is exhilarating in that regard. I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time when I bring up this topic. So people always say, oh, that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of triumph, that feeling of that you, you put all your energy into this thing and you finally did it. And I go, well, for me, I don't ever feel that. I feel relief, relief that it's over, not relief that I beat it. I get you. Um, I never have. And that's, that's, that's a thing for me. So... Playing on the hardest difficulty is just straight frustration. Yeah. And, um, uh, like, I'm glad that the that Jedi Survivor and, you know, previously Jedi Fallen Order had a difficulty setting. I'll put any fucking game on, on story mode or easy because playing through a game and getting that story and, and having a good time doing an interactive story is so much more worth it to me than actually going doing something else. So like you go, Oh, I felt accomplishment from beating that boss. Yeah. Well, to me, I've always seen numbers whenever I'm playing a game, the boss that you're playing against on the hardest difficulty isn't any different than the one I'm playing other than it's numbers. So it hits harder. It has more health. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not they wrong. Have, they have built the games to have a little bit more AI. So in my mind, the experience of fighting that boss isn't that different. Um now another aspect, especially if we're talking about the Jedi games, um the puzzles stay oh, the I exact love same. The puzzles. They stay the exact same. So we both get that level of accomplishment from beating those. I understand that you like trophy hunting or 
Jeff Shubin hunting if you had Xbox. Um, I could give zero shits. I do give zero shits about achievements and trophies. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I've said to you, it depends on the game, you know. Yeah. If I enjoy it enough, then yeah, I'll go for it. If I don't enjoy it enough, I'll just accept what I get on my first playthrough. Uh, but it's games with replay value that I really like to do it on. And there's a lot of replay value in these. I get that. I mean, I've probably played through and beaten Spider-Man four or five times now. It's a fun background game to play, but I've never bumped that, that fucking difficulty up beyond easy. <laughs> Not one time playing it. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the games that has a difficulty uh, trophy, you know, beating it on the hardest setting. Yeah, and, I won't do it. And, whoo, it's work. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's work. I, think that's, I think that's another thing is that my life has so much fucking anxiety and stress in it as it is. I'm not going to add to it with a video. No, no, you want to escape it. So, and that, yeah. and, that, and here's the beautiful thing about it. Neither one of us are wrong in our approaches. No, I yeah, I'm not like yeah, because I I just I think my angle is that I'm confused by it because I've never understood it, but I, get I would you. never tell anyone to not do it. Yeah. No, I, um, I I understand completely where you're coming from. I'm also I'm also weird in that when I play when I play an RPG, uh, a game where you have to create a character and role play as that character in said game. Mm-hmm. I choose what my character is going to be like, and then I choose dialogue options that fit that character. Yeah, a lot of people will go into these games and they will play themselves as the character. Yeah, to their own moral compass. I don't ever, never have. I can't, and I can't. It's it's impossible for me to do that. Can I get emotionally attached to characters? Absolutely. Can. Could I go to the extent of being like, all right, well, my Khajiit, you know, he likes kids, so he's going to say this instead of this. Or, you know, well, my Commander Shepard, like, like if I was in his boots, I would have done this. I can't do that. Huh? Well, in this playthrough of Mass Effect, I'm going to go full Renegade. Yeah. In real life, I wouldn't do that. You know, that's not who I am as a person, but I'm not playing me. I can play me every day. I don't get to play a complete piece of shit every so often. So, yeah. Or see the story play out as, as a complete piece of shit. No, no. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, so for, for video games, like, I also get de- dejected real fucking quick if I die. If I'm doing something, I've made it really far and I die. I get real fucking dejected. And I will sometimes just turn off the game. I'll just walk away. Come back later. I mean, sometimes I'll put my controller down for a few minutes, pause it, what have you, go, you know, do something else for five, ten minutes, half hour, and go back to it. But, yeah, it's just like I will go up against something and it'll just be whipping the shit out of me. And Misty's like, why don't you take a break? I was like, you want to try this? 
I was like, you're to... welcome to try it. <laughs> uh, I was talking to somebody a while back about like, because I think Elden Ring had just come out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. You should definitely check it out. And I'm like, not going to happen. They're like, why? And I'm like, because the game is hard. Well, that's the point of it. Yeah, I know. That, that's why I'm not going to fucking play it. Well, you should, you should definitely give it a shot. And I was like, dude, I know what kind of fucking game it is. It's a Souls-like. And they were like, well, have you ever played one? I said, yeah. And I fucking hated it. I've played a multiple Souls-likes, and I've never enjoyed myself. Yeah. And they're like, why? And I go, because the entire point of that game is to punish the player to the extent of getting them stronger, both in terms of the game itself and as a player. I get it. I get the whole thing. I don't want to do that. I want to hop in, relax, not think about my regular life and not have any stresses. I live with anxiety daily. So having anxiety in a game, no thanks. Yeah, there's no appeal there. And, I and he that. goes, he goes, well, I, I guess I get that, but like, I just don't understand how you have anxiety playing these games. I'm like, because I want to advance. And he goes, well, that's the point of getting stronger. And I go, I don't think you understand. I don't want, I want to advance to the context of building the story, moving forward. If I can't move forward because I'm stuck at a thing, I immediately will lose interest. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, well, I think it's weird that you're doing what you're doing. So say love you. Yeah, I don't think right. it's weird. I don't think either approach is weird. I think it's weird to, I don't think you it's know, weird, so it tells me I'm weird. So, yeah, I I think it's weird when somebody you know, like, you're weird for not doing this. You're weird for not giving it a shot. No, you know what you like. You know what you enjoy. You know what you're looking for when you go to play a game, and that works for you, and that's great. You know, who am I to fucking criticize what works for you? I don't get why people go to that extent. Yeah, like, I I think that's the thing that I I, I told him. Games like Souls-like games have a place, just like games that have a difficulty setting. I saw this thing today, and it really pissed me off because it's this type of mentality. There is a very conservative female streamer. And I say female only in the context that I guess it doesn't matter that it's a girl, but I followed her a long time ago and um, I unfollowed her because of her views on Hogwarts Legacy. And I don't mean to the context that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Her entire angle was more of the conservative side. Like, I'm playing it in pure spite. Yeah. I'm playing it because of woke culture, that kind of uh, rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at a lot of her stuff and like today I saw her comment because there was a really funny thing where uh, a dude on Twitter put up a picture of the new Indiana Jones movie and it was Indiana Jones saying, uh, you know, I fought Nazis or some of that effect. And the girl says, yeah, well, you stole from indigenous people too. And the person then underneath those two quotes said, yeah, this is real dialogue in the movie. It's not. It's not real dialogue in the movie. And even if it was, who cares? Uh, This conservative reviewer, mainly movies, 
called the, the critical drinker. He um, he commented on was like, this is why movies suck nowadays. I wanted to go to his Twitter account and call him a dumb piece of shit. Um, because if there's anything I like doing now, it's instigating those kind of morons, which we'll also get to it later. Uh, as I'm scrolling down, I see this woman. Her name is Melanie Mack. If you want to go find her on, on Twitter, anybody who's listening. Um, she quote tweets a, a, an article that talked about how um, was it Jedi Survivor? I think it was, but it was like they were adding an arachnophobia feature. Yeah, yeah, because there are spider-like enemies in the game, and for those people who have intense arachnophobia, they have it, the ability to turn that setting off. Yeah, which I think is great. Like it's it's you know, let those people enjoy the game too. She quote tweets it and says, I remember when gamers went wusses. I wanted to con- I wanted to quote tweet her and say, I remember when gamers um what, did I, what was I gonna say? It was something like mind their own business or uh weren't trying to cancel things or something to that effect. Like I wanted to make fun of her. Um but my point about telling you this is this is the same mentality that I saw all the time when from software was asked, like, would you add disability features to or like accessibility features to Elden Ring? And people got all mad. They're like, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be difficult. Sure. I get that. You're literally arguing against other people enjoying the game. Yeah. Like. My biggest problem with that mentality is you are telling people who want to get into the game but don't have that skill set, get good, noob. That's what you're telling them. Yeah, and it, it's it's classist and exclusionary. You want to enjoy a game on the hardest setting? Go for it. Last time I tried, almost I almost threw it, and I was playing with friends. For context to that. Um, Gears of War 3. Um, I was playing with my buddy Andy and uh, our friend Chris and Brian, and we were doing co-op. We were gonna beat the whole game together. I had my like we had four TVs set up. We we were we were doing it. We spent maybe 10 hours in game, and there was a moment where I legitimately got nauseous because we had it on the hardest difficulty. And like we were constantly, and then if one of you dies, the whole you, you get a checkpoint, or you go back to checkpoint, I should say. The whole unit goes back. Yep. So it took us a long time to get through the game because one of us was getting drunk. It was frustrating, and I hate that feeling. I yeah. fucking hate that feeling. So I just avoid it. But I'm like, why would you tell me that I can't enjoy your game? Because I have to play it on the speed. Like, you're gatekeeping. Yeah. So, a point I'm getting at, and the long way around it, I'm glad that Jedi Survivor has difficulty settings. Because people like Maya can stress herself out by playing it, and I can go to the easiest difficulty and just be like, yay, story, yay. <laughs> Alright, lightsaber, yay. Anyway. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's been my week. How about you? Uh, it's just been work and uh, home dialysis classes. Like nothing super substantial. Um, there was uh, I'd go to the DMV yesterday to register our car. That was actually kind of cool because when I got up to the woman who was taking care of everything, um, she goes, all right, that'll only be $39. And I was like, wait, what? Like thinking it was going to be way more than that. She goes, uh, yeah, apparently somebody already paid probably the previous owner the registration. So all you got to do is pay $39. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I had forgotten that he'd done that. Um, but yeah, it's just like this, this home dialysis class is exhausting. Um, one of the biggest problems, and I think I've told you this, is that uh, the woman that's teaching us is a terrible fucking teacher. It has a yeah. really, really thick fucking Tagalog accent. So it makes things extremely difficult sometimes. But um, also planning this fucking trip to Texas, like every, every day is exhausting. Every day is a... I'm done with the day, and I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't envy the position that you're in. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, there's a level of it that's rewarding doing this for my dad, but. Yeah. I'm tired all the time. And then there's the whole thing with my, oh shit, sorry, with my boss, uh, you know, retiring and then getting the new guy. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, um, you know, I I told him earlier last weekend that, uh, oh, I have a story for you, by the way, about this whole situation, but I'll get to that in a second. I told him that I was moving next month. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh, because Steve said you'd be here for the whole month of June. I was like, I don't know why he told you that. Like, I never told him that. I didn't. Ha- I don't have dates yet. Like, but it's coming up. And he goes, okay. So, what day do you think? I was like, it'll be no later than than June fourth. He was like, no later. And I was like, uh, it's June fourth or later than that. That's what I'll say. And he was like, okay. So he called. He texted me last night because I told him Wednesday I'd know for sure, and I was, so I was going to call him Thursday. But he texted me last night at like 8.30. And he said, he asked me like, what do you, what, what information do you have? And I said, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to quit June 4th. That's, I need, I need those weeks leading up to the move. And he was like, okay, thanks. I was like, all right, whatever, man. Text me like an hour later asking me if it's possible that I work the 16th and 17th, which I think is the Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Because he has a trip planned with his family. And all I said was like, let me move some things around and I'll get back to you. So I think tomorrow I'll let him know that. But I'm going to try to say like, hey, this upcoming Friday, do you mind if I have it off? Because it might be my last day at home dialysis class. And I, we can kind of expedite a lot of the process here and get it get it over with quicker if I if I if I have Friday off. So hopefully he'll stay okay to that, but 
we'll see. And the, and the guy that runs the place, like, so that's what's really funny. I haven't had a chance to tell you this. Uh, so the new guy that took it over, his name is Foddy. Now, I've told a lot of stories over the last nine months of working for Steve. And a lot of it's funny. A lot of it's frustrating. You know, it is what it is. Well, Foddy, like, essentially met Steve for the first time Friday. U-Haul system didn't switch over any of the trucks. So we had to do that on the fly as customers are coming in. It was the biggest fucking madhouse and pain in the ass I've ever dealt with at that place. Um, during the entire process, Steve is being very controlling, as he tends to do. Uh, Foddy has been doing U-Haul for 22 years now. The man doesn't need help doing the U-Haul side. He just needs help with the RV and storage side. Yeah. Uh, Steve hasn't gotten that fucking memo. So it was like, it was just bickering back and forth all day between them. And I'm like, dude, this is, I'm like, I want to go home now. Um, as the day went on, it was just, it was kind of went over all over the place. Saturday rolls around and it's kind of more the same. Steve is hanging around too long, but he ended up fucking like falling off a ladder, kind of like he was on the final step and tripped over something and then like took a header on the desk. So he scraped up his elbow really fucking bad, hit his head, and like, but he stuck around all day. And I'm like, like he kept talking about, I'm gonna go home, take a shower, and rebandage this and have my wife help me. And I'm like, cool, man. And he was said that at like noon. The man didn't fucking leave until 3.30. Jesus. He can't. He Like, he doesn't know how to leave the job. So, uh, um, Saturday was also very exhausting. And any time that I got away from either one of them, um, I would hear either one of them say, oh, man, the other, uh, like, He's really nice, but he doesn't shut the fuck up, does he? And I'm just like, you both are the exact same fucking person in that regard. I mean, Fade's a lot more laid back than Steve, but, you know. But anyway, so on Friday afternoon, this shit, this shit was hilarious to me. Um, it's about 4.30. Like, we're looking forward to getting out of there. It's the end of the day. And... We notice that there's one more 15 foot truck that needs to come back. So I look up the account and I and I and I uh, I uh, I call and I say, "Hey, where's the truck?" Like, but it was very calm. Like I was like, I was like, "Hi, so this is U-Haul. Your truck was supposed to come back at 4:30. We're just wondering if you're going to make it on time, and if not, we can, you know, do something about that." And she goes, "Oh, he should be there soon. He, uh, he left to get gas like an hour ago, so he should be there any minute now. And I was like, okay, perfect. Thank you so much for answering. You have a great night. You too. Woman calls back a little bit later. Uh, I would like to know who spoke to my mother. And I went, I'm, I'm sorry. And she goes, I have a 15-foot truck coming back, and uh, my husband is going to be dropping it off, and I don't appreciate whoever called my mother answer, or tell, like yelling at her about the truck coming back. And I was like, oh, ma'am, that, that was me. I didn't think that I had that kind of tone of voice. I apologize if I did. I was I was just wondering if they were, if you guys were going to be able to make it. Well, I don't appreciate it. And I said, ma'am, I, I, I swear to you, I did not yell at anybody. I 
was very nice and cordial. I don't know what is happening right now because I, I'm not that kind of person to begin with. And she goes, well, I don't care. Whoever spoke to my mother, if it was you, you were very rude to her, uh, yelling at her about the truck coming back. And I said, man, I never rose my voice. I don't understand where this is coming from. And she goes, uh, are you calling me a liar? And I was like, no, I just don't understand what's happening because what's what's being said about me and my character is not accurate. And she goes, well, I don't care. I don't, I don't appreciate that. Meanwhile, Steve's on the phone talking to somebody very loudly. And she goes, I also I don't appreciate that woman in the background screaming at me. Which that made me kind of like laugh a little bit that she called Steve a woman. <laughs> um, so I get her off the phone because the 15 truck had pulled in, 15 foot truck. And I go, oh man, the, the, your truck just pulled in. Let me go check it in. She's like, okay, bye, click. I made the mistake of telling Steve because he kind of saw it and heard it. And he was like, what was that about? I could have lied. I could have made something up, but I was too tired too. So I just said, what happened? Even the part about her calling him a woman. He got mad. But I didn't think anything of it. He doesn't technically work there anymore. So whatever. So I go check the truck in. I go back in. Steve is on the phone. And he gets, he, he says, I don't appreciate you talking to my guy like that. He was very cordial and nice to your mom. So I just want you to know that by the way you were talking to him, you're going to be on e-alert. So don't bother renting a truck from U-Haul ever again. Have a great day. Bye. Click. Jesus. And I'm like, wow, okay, man, whatever. Uh, we get the fuck out of there. That was that. I come back in the next day. I see a, I see a voicemail on the phone. And I go, oh, shit, okay, let me check this out. It's her. And she's like, listen here, you white trash motherfucker. You ever yell at me me like that again? I'll come down there and then you'll see what's what, buddy. Uh, Oh, no, she she didn't say buddy. She goes, you'll see what's what, like Nathan. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like, it is so funny to me that that's like that happens. So I go back in and I, and I like first up, my dad's there because we're doing the U-Haul, our yard sale stuff. So I go, Dad, you have to hear this. So I tell him the story. Elis is the voicemail. And he's cracking up. Steve and Foddy walk outside and they're like, "What's going on?" And I said, "Oh, uh, you know, you gotta listen to this voicemail." He's like, "What voicemail?" And I said, "I, I it's, it's it's still on there, but I because I didn't delete it. But go ahead and call the number and listen to it." He's like, "Okay." So he calls it. He listens to it, and she's all mad. He's just like, he's has this confused look on his face. And I go, "Do you remember that?" And he goes, "I I don't know why she's yelling." And I said, um, "I said uh, I told them the story." And I, do you remember doing that, Steve? No, he doesn't remember it. And I was like, well, you did have a bit to drink. And he goes, uh, well, I, I'd remember something like that. Okay. So I said, I told the story, I, I told the rest of the story and like why she did that. And Steve and I start laughing. I'm laughing for a completely different reason than Steve is laughing. Foddy has a complete straight face. And Foddy goes, yeah, I don't, I don't find the funny in that. And I go, I I just I think it's funny that like we put her on alert like there's nothing that she can really do but you know she she acted that way so you know I think it's funny that she's getting mad over what she, her reaction 
And he's like, well, that I don't find it funny. Like customers don't need to be acting that way. I was like, I agree with you. It's still kind of funny. I'm like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, Sunday rolls around and Steve's like, I'm out of here at 10. I'm going to a brunch with my family. I'm like, thank God. And then Fadi comes in. He says, I won't be around for this longer because my Stockton store needs help. I was like, okay. So I got the whole fucking store to myself from 10 to close. And I called my dad and I was like, I think I can think in here now. <laughs> nice. But, dude, it is like, it is too much right now. But, um, so the other story I got to tell you before we get to the reviews, because we've been just chatting forever. Um, for anyone that knows Pokemon, or Pokemon, Jesus Christ, I'm tired, guys. Uh, for anyone that knows Overwatch, in the game itself, you can use a chat function to communicate to other players. Um, there's one where you can communicate directly to your friends, whoever's in your group, which is green, uh, your your teammates, which is blue, or global, which is um, orange. Uh, so, in that vein, we start a match. Uh, my buddy and I, we play support, which is like the healers and... Well, they support the team. And there's a lot of ways that they support the team outside of just you. Uh, then you have your DPS characters or damage characters. And they are designed to do a lot of damage really quick. But they're they're squishy. A lot of them are very squishy. Um, and then you have your, uh, your tank. And they're supposed to mitigate a lot of damage. Well, our, our Farah, which is a jetpack character flies over all the obstacles, gets the objective, and is there by herself. Andy and I are support. We can't get there that quick. Plus, our tank is not that quick. And they're over there. They get killed really fucking fast because they're by themselves with no, with no support. Um, so we all get ended up getting killed, too. Ooh, now we're having a little bit of trouble. And... Uh, Sorry, my neck. Um, he types into the chat the the this DPS player. Uh, just heal and will and it'll be easy win or just heal and we'll win or something like that. At this point, I have twenty five hundred healing and and Andy had like eighteen hundred, which is a lot for the first one minute of the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I comment some shit like just get kills because I also had like four kills above him and I'm fucking support. He had two, yeah. and I think I had six. Yeah, I think your comment you said was like, you got to get kills to get healing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something like that. I know that Andy said something too. And then our other DPS like made a comment, and he was just like, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything after that, but he switched to Torbjorn and stopped playing. He'd leave spawn. He'd throw his turret down and then like dance next to his turret. He, he stopped playing. He was intentionally throwing the match. Now, for anybody that doesn't know the terminology, throwing the match is, is what he's doing. He is intentionally facilitating us losing. So I go to Global Chat, and I say, hey, everybody, can you, can you report our Torbjorn? Um, he's intentionally throwing because he says he's not getting any healing. One of their supports goes, 
no healing. Both of your supports have more healing than us. And then their, their fucking DPS says, well, if you'd actually kill us, you guys might have a chance. <laughs> the whole lobby starts dogging on this guy. Like, in, in various ways. Absolutely hilarious. Um, and the other team is dogging on him. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll report him. We'll make sure that we report him after the match. Awesome. Appreciate it. Um, he starts calling everybody a loser. Everybody in the lobby. And it's irritating. After reporting him, I noticed that he's on Xbox, which is what I play on, which means that I can message him on Xbox. <laughs> so here's the conversation. I message him and I say, isn't it past your bedtime? Don't you have school tomorrow? He says, you shouldn't play comp. Put a gun in your mouth immediately. I go, isn't that what your dad did after being married to your ugly ass mom? He says, projection, get help before you get killed. I said, I said, should I warn the kids at your school before you go on a rampage? He says, projection, literally reporting you to my friend at the SFFIB or FBI office. Enjoy. I said, by friend, do you mean uh, you? Sorry, by friend, uh, do you mean your parole officer? <laughs> he says, nope, my lifelong friend and college roommate. You triggered a red flag warning with your threat. I don't know what threat I gave, but okay. you gave no threat. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, he goes, special agent Nally will lock will not will knock on your door. Do not delete any communications, browser data, etc. And I said, did you have chat G GPT write that nonsense for you? I'm sure Special Agent Nally and I will have a great conversation about how much of a dork you are. And he goes, you think I'm joking? And I went, I don't think you're joking. I think you're trying to scare me with the most outlandish bullshit I've ever seen via Xbox chat. I just so happen to find it funny. You think this is going to work? And he goes, the warrant is in progress. I've been advised to block you while they gather evidence. So, uh, so glad we have these red flag not red flag laws now, wacko. Bye, loser. What uh, an idiot. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh I have made it a vow to message him daily. If so not, have you messaged him yet today? No, uh I messaged him. Let's see, what was it? I messaged him around 10.30 this morning. I said, do you think Special Agent Nally likes tacos? Who? And I'll do one later that's like... Because uh, if he blocked me, I wouldn't be able to message him anymore. Yeah. So, no, I know he hasn't blocked me. But um, I want to message him like, like that all day. Like, what kind of movies do you think Special uh, Agent Nally... Like, I want to make every single question kind of sound like a, a, a gossiping high school girl about a boy that a fr that her friend knows. Yeah. God, damn, this is a fucking idiot. And here's the funny part. If by some weird chance he's not lying and I get an FBI agent at my door, 
Like, look through my shit. There's nothing there. Like, I got nothing to hide, homie. Yeah. Like, you literally said nothing incriminating or threatening in any fashion whatsoever. But he did. Uh Uh-huh. He's encouraging Um, self-harm. Yep. And making veiled threats. I mean, first and foremost, in no way, shape, or form do I think that any of that is true. No. Uh, I just want to make that clear to anybody listening to this. I don't I don't believe it for a second, but I was like, this this dude's fucking hilarious. But yeah, he had the whole lobby report him for for, for uh giving up, so you should enjoy that fucking Overwatch 2 ban for a bit. Hell yeah. God. A part of me really wants special agent Nally to be real, you know what I mean? Dude, yeah. I know exactly what you mean because <laughs> it's like you realize you got a fucking idiot for a friend, right? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was funny to me. I had to share it. He's not my friend, he's my fucking cousin. <laughs> I get a call one day. Hi, did you interact with a... I can't remember his username. Hold on. With a Mountain Max on Xbox? Oh, maybe? (laughs) Like, I just pretend I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But, all right, we should get to reviewing some stuff, huh? We should. I mean, we've Uh, been going on for a bit now. What, yeah. what are we reviewing today? Uh, we're reviewing episode seven of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and we added, which was thrown onto Paramount Plus yesterday, for like, which I didn't expect at all, uh, was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. So we, we both planned on watching that, and I was just like, fuck it, do you want to add that to the review? And then neither of us said, hey, um, everyone watch this for the review. So. Well, it was also at like six o'clock yesterday evening. That's true. That's very true. But uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Marvelous Miss Maisel episode seven, and then we'll end it on D and D. All right. Well, this episode was titled "A House Full of Extremely Lame Horses," uh, which is a line. Most most of the titles have been a line lifted from the episode this season. I've noticed. Um. <clears throat> but the write-up for this one, Yanush uh, resents Zelda continually helping the Weissman Maisel household. Abe is mortified that his grandson, Ethan, is not academically gifted like other firstborn Weissman males and excels in happiness at his school. Uh, comic TV star Danny Stevens guest stars on the G- Gordon Ford show. Impressed by Midge's advice, uh-oh, Hold on. I accidentally closed my tab. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Uh, da, 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 da. Impressed by Midge's advice, Stevens offers her a lucrative writing job, irking Gordon, who grudgingly raises Midge's salary, equivalent to the male staff. When the newly promoted producer, Mike Carr, refuses to have Midge on the show, 
Susie gets her added to Jack Parr's private comedy showcase. Despite a great performance, Parr's producer declines booking Midge on Parr's national TV show, saying he would not promote a funny pretty girl, or saying he would not know how to promote a funny pretty girl, so instead he wants Susie's male client, James Howard. Frustrated, Midge breaks down at home. Abe is shocked that young granddaughter Esther appears to be the genius child rather than her older brother, Ethan. And in a flash forward in 1973, Midge funds her mother's money-losing romance emporium, insisting it will continue for the brief time that Rose has left. Midge tells Susie to book the Australian tour. So that's a rundown of episode seven. Uh, by no means does it do it justice. Oh my goodness. Abe going to Ethan's school uh, because Midge had to be at work and couldn't take him. Uh, that was That's hilarious. hilarious yeah. he, he, was, he was just fascinated with all the groups that the kids were separated into. He's like, oh, here's the engineering group. Oh, here's the math group. Oh, here's... What are these kids doing here? Oh, this is our science group right now. They're getting some telescopes, you know. And, he's, and then he sees Ethan. And these kids are just skipping in a circle around the table. He's like, what's that group there? Oh, that's the happy group. <laughs> what do you mean happy? <laughs> they excel in happiness. <laughs> Your kid's Dude. the happiest kid in school. <laughs> so good. Happy being code for dumb as a box of cat shit. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, happy's happy's important, right? <laughs> the scene that's that you're going to talk about that's coming up had me fucking rolling. Like it was, it has to do with Ethan. So, oh, where uh, you talking about? Where he uh, actually uh, thought Joel had spoken to him, he's like, "Did you talk to him? Did you talk to the boy before he turned six? Oh no, uh, no. So it was it was at the dining room table, and Abe is trying to tell Rose and uh, Midge and um, is it Esther? Yeah, Astrid. Astrid about. And Noah. Ethan, Ethan, not being in a, like a like a genius because they do a flashback to uh, um, 1951 when Joel had just actually um, proposed or married Midge. I think I think he had pr proposed. He hadn't married yet. Yeah, and uh, he's going on and on and on about how every every firstborn uh, Maisel is yeah, a Weisman. Weisman is a genius, and. Um, uh, Joel says, but I'm a Maisel, so he's not going to be a Weissman. He's going to be a Maisel. <laughs> yeah. And and it was like, what made it so fucking funny was like, when in the next scene, at that dining room table, it, like everyone's just looking at Abel like he's a fucking lunatic. And uh, it's it's abundantly clear if you've been painted to the show that, that Esther is the genius, not, not Ethan. Um, which Abe does find out at the end of the episode, but that's a whole different thing. The part of that of that scene when 
everything is is in a sense said and done regarding them just kind of shutting off and closing out Abe was Joel gets mad says we're done talking about this if my son is happy that's all I care about and he he yells Ethan get your sister and get down here we're leaving Esther comes down and is just like sit next sit next to Joel stand next to Joel and Joel says say goodbye to everybody she's like goodbye everybody and then Ethan comes down and he's singing a song and he's just dancing you know he's happy right and as he as he walks behind Esther, they had talked about Esther, Esther was like all upset because she was worried that her kids were going to be quote unquote happy as well. Oh, Astrid. Yeah, Astrid, Astrid was all upset about that. So as Ethan is walking behind her, singing and all happy, she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is so fucking funny. God damn. And he's quacking like a duck when he's doing it. Oh, that's what he was doing. He was quacking like a duck. I thought he was singing a song. Well, he was doing it in a sing-song kind of voice. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I fucking couldn't stop laughing. I was like, that was fucking hilarious. Oh, man. But, yeah. No, I. this show's great. Like it, it, Did it have a flash-forward moment? Yeah. It did. It did, because it was talking about, yeah, okay. You might have mentioned it. I just. I did. Yeah. It was at the end. Uh, Although the flash forward itself was more in the middle of the show. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that. that, I don't mind, like, seeing what they're up to now. Oh, but I fucking love the flash forward stuff so much. Yeah. The way they're telling the story with the flash forward and flashbacks, or not flashbacks, but like going to the to the past again to to kind of round out what we've been told. It's so cool. It's so neat and so cool. But uh Yeah, I, I really enjoy the storytelling device that they're using. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I got nothing else to say about the episode. I mean, it's it's this. It's the final season, and they're they're really trying to go all out and pull out all the stops, and it's it's fucking cool. Yeah, uh, it's there's not been a bad episode. There's not been a subpar episode. You know, this episode was once again solid and produces some genuine, uh, genuine emotions are produced. You know, when you watch this show, whether it be laughter and happiness or, you know, whether it be anger or sorrow, you, you grow attached to these characters after so long, uh, and you know, you're pulling for them and. You want to see how their stories end, or at least you know get to the end point of the stories that you're telling of them, you know. But uh, what what grade would you give this episode? Uh, an A, a solid A. I think there has been a better episode. This it was, it was the uh, roast episode it was better yeah. than this episode. Oh, the roast episode was perfect. Yeah. So I don't think any any other episode's going to top that one, but 
Um, I mean, it, it, it's moving, it's moving forward. It's, it's clearing up some things that we kind of like throughout the episode, there's this motif of taking care of your parents or doing what you can for your parents. Um, especially, you know, in certain situations of if they took care of you, um, if they're still a part of your life, even if they're complicated or difficult to deal with, like, is it manageable? And if it is like, what are you doing? And, and that's, that's the whole motif of this episode is, is that, is that angle, which is super fucking important to keep in mind that it seems like Maisel was doing sorry Maisel Midge was doing more for her mom than she ever was for her kids and that her 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 parents were more parents to Ethan and and uh, and um, Esther Esther than she was and maybe they even resent their dad because he's in jail feels like we'll cross that bridge when we get there but well, we've we got to get there soon. There's only two episodes left, and one of them comes out. Well, Tomorrow. actually tonight, because don't they load them at like nine o'clock Eastern? Oh, I don't know. I think they do. Uh, oh, what's, uh, uh, sorry. What grade would you give it? Oh, I give it an A. I give it an A. Strong writing, incredible performances. You know, it's really. Uh, you know, as, as we get new questions, uh, other questions that we've had get answered, you know, it's, it's, the narrative is, has been wonderful. <sighs> I'm, you know, next week's it tomorrow and next week. Yeah. It, 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 I'm just, I've got a little bit of, uh, bubble guts nervousness about you know how it's going to turn out i i think it'll i i think it'll be bittersweet oh yeah absolutely like like i said i don't want any characters to die that don't like in in like a surprise way that feels cheap yeah i'd i'd rather like you know, it's going to sound fucked up. And I think I said this earlier, but it'd be really nice if um, we had Midge saying a eulogy at, at, um, what's her name? Susie's funeral. But Hmm. like, I don't want to see Susie die. I just want it to be like a she hit the age of 70 or something to that effect and died of cancer, you know, because of her lifestyle. Yeah. Something along the lines of that. Like, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Show's <sighs> been stellar from start to finish. So I'm excited about, I'm excited about how, how to see it that it ends. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, but uh Oh, sorry. Ah. So why don't we go ahead and, and uh talk about our other thing, which is uh Dungeons Dragons uh 
Uh, honor among thieves. Jesus Christ, I could not remember the subtitle there for a second. I am that tired. I need to take a nap. Yeah, this was a steaming pile of shit. I don't agree at all, but all right. Oh, I couldn't stand it. I wanted to like it. I went in trying to like it. Chris Pine's performance took me out of it. Uh, I liked, you know, I liked Doric, um, the 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 Druid, uh, and I liked uh, Zinc a little bit. But yeah, for the most part, most of the characters were just didn't really care for them uh it's just i thought it was a very uh, fetch quest kind of story you know i mean is to D&D be fair not that? to be fair dnd is that but i don't know it just didn't resonate with me i didn't like it misty hated it we watched it and she's like after we get done watching it she's like what'd you think and I was like thumbs down and I sound and she's like she said it wasn't that good Uh, we just didn't care for it and it's sad because you know when I first saw the trailer for this movie a year ago or a little over a year ago, I was super excited for it because they were showing clips and I'm like, oh my God, that looks like it's going to be so cool. Um, and it just didn't land for me. Just everything felt off. I can't stand the fat dragon. Oh, I hated the fat dragon. I hated the fat dragon so much. He's a real dragon in the D&D compendium, though. I know, but it just felt like such an insult to portray him in such a way. But I know that's, you know. See, to me, and maybe it's because I'm watching a lot more D&D in lieu of like, I don't know. How do I put this in a different way? I could see this entire thing being played on a table from start to finish. Oh, absolutely. And it would probably be a much better time. I don't know about that. To, to me. Uh I don't think it would I don't think it would have been a better or worse time regarding that whole like cuz like the character of Sank Senka, what the fuck his name was, the paladin? Zinc. He comes across as the type of character that a DM would create to move or to help the players move along. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, but a DM, from my experience, watching either Matt Mercer or uh, any of the offshoot stuff of, of Critical, not Critical, yeah, of Critical Role or um, of uh, Dimension 20 or all the clips that I see on YouTube and, and, and TikTok, like a DM is going to use their NPC character. That's going to help move along the players in a much more specific way than 
um, than anything else. And at a certain point, our bard, barbarian, druid, and, and, and sorcerer are those players that are lost, like kind of just don't have a direction. And so he comes in and pushes them in the right direction. Or they fucked up a, a fetch quest. So like that entire scenario at the, at the graveyard where they're using that coin. Um, at first I thought, wouldn't that coin have one use? But then I thought, well, it's on the discrepancy of the DM. So if the DM's like, yeah, you got multiple uses. Like, why not? You know, the rule of cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in this, like the rule of cool situation. I don't know. I had a lot of fun watching it. I, I mean, I don't think it's the greatest fucking movie. Like, I don't plan on watching it again. Oh, no. But it wasn't a snooze fest or a stink fest like you're saying. No, it wasn't a snooze fest. I was, you know, my attention was kept the entire time. I just unfortunately didn't care for any of the characters. And... Well, the the characters that I did enjoy the most got the least amount of dialogue or screen time uh, in relation to the others. Um, you know, I, I, there were some cool elements to it. I mean, there were some cool things, uh, scenarios that they did, creative ways that I would see. I can see how they would be uh implemented at a tabletop like the whole getting the portal into the vault that whole plan how that worked out and everything i was like that was a cool scenario you know i can see that playing out on the tabletop um but yeah man I just w- couldn't get invested in it. I, could, I kept seeing Captain Kirk with a loot. And I don't think that's fair to Chris Pine. I'm not trying to be a dick to Chris Pine here, but I just, I don't know, man. I couldn't get past that. I couldn't get past seeing, you know, I couldn't get past seeing Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. I couldn't pass get past seeing Michelle Rodriguez as Michelle Rodriguez as a character from Fast and Furious movies, and I couldn't help but see Hugh Grant as you know this '90s romantic comedy guy. It's just I couldn't get past that. And don't get me wrong, his character had you know a lot of uh, slimy charm. Um. You can see why you can see how his character would be played at a table, you know. Uh, but I wanted I wanted to enjoy it, and I just didn't. And I'm sad about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm sad about it. I mean, 
I to an extent understand what you're talking about, but I don't agree that it was like to me they wanted to make a D&D movie that had charm by being a bit cheesy. Cause a lot of that movie, like a fucking metric fuck ton of that movie was practical. Like way more than it was CGI. Like the Eric Crocra, the the uh, Dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Those were that was all practical. Yeah. I fucking loved it. I was like, this is the, this is fucking rad. Well, there was a metric fuck ton of cheese, let me tell you. I love that though. That shit that shit's very charming to me because it it told me that they're not they're not taking it so seriously that it's like they're not taking it that seriously. They're having fun with it, which you which is what you should do with D and D. I don't think if you if you go into D and D and you make it serious and you're not kind of just having fun and making jokey jokes, like it's boring. It just is to me. So, and it felt like they were just having fun. No, I get where you're coming from, and you know. We've had lots of laughs in our games. Uh, you know, you've made jokes. I've made jokes. Others have made jokes. And that doesn't bother me in a tabletop setting. But for some reason, it really fucking bothered me with this movie. And I don't know why. I'm, I, I think, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I think you still have a sour taste in your mouth because of what happened. Oh, I do. I do. I know I do. But I was hoping that that sour taste wouldn't trickle in, but, it, you know, maybe that is remnants of that. I, I, I don't know. You know, uh, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast as a company, I'm, you know, very, uh, very anti right now against Wizards of the Coast and their business practices. Did you hear about the Pinkerton agents scenario? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard all about it. Fucking nuts. I'm not in any way, shape, or form defending Wizards of the Coast. Like, they can get bent. But what's, what's fucked is they got awarded earlier that week an ethics award. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Turns out the ethics award that they got awarded they had to pay $15,000 to nominate themselves for. Jesus. Yeah. That's funny. Not like, not haha funny, but. Uh, uh, I, yeah. It's, isn't that ironic? Uh, well, enough about me harping on what I didn't like. What did you enjoy? What did you like about it? Oh, I, I enjoyed the cheese factor. I enjoyed that. Like, there were quite a few moments in the in the in the movie where I could hear the DM sighing really loud. Like, they come up with a, <laughs> an elaborate plan, or they they have a piece of dialogue that's not the direction that the DM wanted, and so you just hear like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and I really found that to be charming and funny. I I enjoyed that at that that angle. Um, the other thing that I I really found to be a lot of fun was the um it was the aspect of 
it was the aspect that like I tried to pinpoint exactly when the campaign started because we had a lot of backstory, but we also had a lot of moments before the party had actually assembled. And I liked that a lot of the character, like like especially the sorcerer, like there was history there. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And Doric definitely felt like that one player that's like comes in just a little late on the campaign, like mm-hmm. maybe like 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 session three or four, and hasn't quite found the groove with the re- the groove with the rest of the team. So she's a little like reserved, and she yeah. built her character to be reserved. But then like, uh as time goes on, opens up more and more. And I was like, that's really fucking clever for the sake of the movie. Um, I like how they showed a tuning, a magical item. I thought that was really interesting. Um, but it really did feel like to me, like the writers played this campaign and then constructed a script from it. Um, and it, it just felt like they were having fun and not taking anything too seriously, but they also dug deep into the fucking D and D lore. Like they really pulled from the depths of the fucking of the, the, the compendium and, and any of the books or anything like that. Like they, but it was also the aspect of like, and I, I've heard so many DMS popular, famous DMS online talk about the rule of cool. Like we've talked about how if a player wants to do something that, isn't necessarily part of the rules, but it's cool. Like a druid turning into an owlbear, let them do it. Right. Is it going to be cool? Is it going to look cool? Sure. Maybe don't make them overpowered, but it's definitely something neat. And, uh, that's what I really enjoyed about this movie. Now on the flip side, want to be dead ass honest with you. Is the story pretty fucking basic? 100%. It's vanilla with sprinkles. No, there's no sprinkles on that vanilla. Well, I say it's <laughs> I say it's got sprinkles because did the sprinkles add any flavor? No, but it has some color. And uh, that's okay. yeah, like the story's very vanilla, but there's color to the story because it's charming. Um and I I'll give my grade. My grade should make sense to what I'm saying. To me, it's a B. It's not a B plus or a B minus. It's a B. It's a it's a decent movie that got a couple laughs out of me, and at the end of the day, I didn't love it, but I liked it more than I thought I would. Well, that's so fair. that's yeah. Um, what grade would you give it? <sighs> I give it a D. I didn't enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy it. The visuals, for the most part, looked good. You know, the costume and set design, great. The characters, I just didn't care for, as I mentioned. Um, You know, a majority of them, not all of them. You know, like I said, I really enjoyed Doric. I really like Zinc. Um, I just... I wanted more from this. I, I hate to I hate to be mean for a second, but I got to make a joke. Go it ahead. Makes, it makes perfect sense that you like zinc as you are a DM. I <laughs> think that's why I'm so critical of it. He spoke so much like a DM would an NPC for the party. That's yeah, hilarious. <laughs> well, no, I've 
I was thinking that same, you know, correlation myself. You know, maybe that's why I'm so overly critical of it. And I think I am being overly critical. Uh, I wanted to just turn my mind off and enjoy it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There were cool things like, oh, cool. There's the Misty Step spell. Oh, cool. There's a gelatinous cube. Oh, wow. The Displacer Beast looked great. It really did. Uh, that dwarf though looked like shit. See, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think it looked like shit at all. I don't know. I just hated the way the oh, dwarf looked. I laughed so fucking hard. It was like Michelle Rodriguez had built her character at a table with Vin Diesel. Was like, it'd be hilarious if you were a fucking barbarian woman that was just had a fucking fetish for halflings. How is that not fucking comedy gold right there? This is so funny. I love it so much. Yeah. I, take, I take it you don't. <laughs> I, I did, I, that, that didn't bother me, you know. And uh, you know her, her ex husband definitely has a top, and you know she definitely has a top too, as evidence when they got their medals at the end of the movie. Um, you know, the way she, the look and the lip biting at the other halfling that she saw. Um, the only part of it that I thought that had any heart, and I would not, let me rephrase that because the movie had heart from start to finish, it really did. Um, the whole bad dad wanting to bring his his child's mom back when he finally admits I wanted to bring my wife back, you know, and then when he ends up bringing her back, uh, you know, Holga, uh, he realized he was bringing his kid's mom back. You know, that's not lost on me. And that was, that was nice. Yeah. But that's also vanilla, but very vanilla. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm not know. blind to what you're talking about. It had a very like B movie quality to it in the in the like charm of it, if you will. I don't know how that makes sense, but it, it had B movie quality with A movie fucking production levels. Yeah, but you know, like, but that's also the same reason I went and watched Snakes on a Plane, you know. Oh, you went to watch that? Oh, yeah, dude. I fucking love that movie. I only watched it once. This is what I talk about with Fast and the Furious movies. I don't take them seriously. And not neither should anybody else. Hell, they don't take themselves seriously. To me, that's... It's half their charm. The other half is... You know having a good time just going yeah like, yeah that car did a stupid thing that wouldn't work in real life <laughs> yeah really but um i would say a positive thing about this maya uh outside of like our opinion of it it did well enough in the theater it did well yeah. enough in the theater and like it was very well perceived by a lot of people so like hopefully we get a lot of tabletop movies after this i'd be fine with it 
do I think this movie will get a sequel? I'm sure we'll see another Dungeons and Dragons movie down the line. I don't think it'll be a direct sequel in any way. But it was cool to see Neverwinter, to hear the names of towns and cities being dropped and locations being dropped, and to see some of these locations represented on the live screen. I'm not going to deny that was cool at all. Uh, you know, because it was. It was cool. But... I have yeah. angst. I have angst. <laughs> oh man. Um well let's go ahead and wrap it up. I need a, I I don't know if I have time for now, but we're been at this for an hour and a half, so Yeah, no. We ran um, long this week. But yeah, if you guys want to go watch Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, um, it is currently on Paramount Plus. So if you have it, go watch it. Um or borrow from a friend, one or two. And there's always the free trial option. There's that too. Um, but definitely be watching Marvelous Miss Maisel. Like, uh, good lord, what are you doing? Like? Guys, next week is just episode eight of Marvelous Miss Marzel. Miss Marzel. Look, man, my brain doesn't want to work anymore. <laughs> uh, so it's episode eight, the penultimate episode to the series finale. Uh, a lot of emotions are probably going to run these next two episodes, so I'm looking forward to it and not look forward to it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, uh, make sure you follow us on socials if we add anything at last minute. We might not. We never do. I don't know why I say this every fucking week. We never do. Um, but uh, we'll try. We'll try. Good Lord, we'll try. Guys, I've been so fucking busy. <laughs> I don't get a deal. Like, I took yesterday off of doing either job or uh u-haul or i'm sorry uh dialysis to go to the dmv then go grocery shopping and then run a couple more errands before picking up my dad i'm tired <clears throat> so um i like cheese yeah that's fair me too i want to just enjoy cheese and video games again yeah um but yeah Follow social medias, which are all listed down below. If you're looking for some more merch, which goes, the profits go directly into this podcast. Just understand that. Like, you buy something, we put it towards the podcast. Um, they got uh, t-shirts, uh, tank tops. I don't remember. Do they have any drinkable uh, 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 things other than mugs on the site? Coffee mugs, uh, pint glasses, tumblers, yeah. Tumblers, that's what I was looking for. Okay, cool. They have tumblers. You can put your fucking... Uh, uh, ice cold uh, Arnold Palmer's in there. You know, summertime stuff. Why are you going to put a whole golfer in there? Yeah, but he's, I guess you could because he is, he was cremated, I think. That's a dark joke. Anyway, uh, but yeah. Um, also, if you are made it to this, made it this far into the podcast, the code to have 15% off is. AQU15 or AQU15 at checkout. Um, make sure you put that in there. Get you know you basically get shipping and handling taken off. That's about the amount of it essentially. But yeah, let us know. We'll also give you a shout out. So we'll give you a big old smooch on the lips, virtually. But uh, Hell, that's I, might it. Lick, I might lick your virtual taint. Who knows? Kinky. Uh, <laughs> 
Meyer, where can uh, folks find your kinky ass online? They can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. Both my Twitter and Instagram handles are linked to it. So it's your one-stop shop to check out everything that I'm up to. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Taking a nap after the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, you, can, you can find me on uh, all socials, which are listed down below under Chub Rock Geek. Um, just type in Chub Rock Geek to any of them and you'll find me. Uh, yeah, I really got nothing else on that. Um, bah, 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 bah. You can find me in Texas in July. So there's that. That's right. I'm moving roughly July 1st. So fucking everything's happening really fast over here. Sheesh. Yeah. It's really funny too because talking to people about the move to Texas, they're, they're the first thing they say is enjoy that humidity. And I'm like, that's a lot of places. <clears throat> Not just Texas. That's a lot of places. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Again, Marvelous Miss Maisel, episode eight. Join us on that discussion. We might add something. Who knows? I think probably streaming service last fucking minute, so we'll see. Um, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We always remember fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. People are hurting, could use some help any way you can. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.